every spirit. We bind every wicked spirit. We bind every human spirit, Lord God. We bind every contrary spirit, Lord, that might have come into this room tonight. We command that the enemy be bound and cast out of this place. Lord, that there would be liberty in the minds, in the hearts of people tonight. Lord, to receive, O God, what you have for your people tonight, O God. That there would be liberty, O God, in this place. That there would be no hindrance at all, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. The enemy, O God, would like to steal what we have. Would like to steal it the moment we receive it, O God. And I command every devil and every spirit in the name of Jesus to be bound in the name of Jesus. And I loose your spirit and your angels, O God, into this place. O God, to minister, Lord Jesus, to speak a word, O God. God, into the heart and mind of every individual, Lord. You are, oh God, a personal God. You would desire, Lord, to speak a specific word to every individual tonight in their individual situations, oh God. Have your way, Lord Jesus. We need you to have your way, Lord. Not my will, Jesus. That's what you said, Lord. You said it, Lord. Not my will, but your will be done, Lord Jesus. Lord, that needs to be our prayer, Lord Jesus. Nevertheless, not my will, not my will, Lord, not not our will tonight, not what we want, O God, not what pleases our flesh tonight, O God, but what pleases you tonight. We want to please you tonight. We want to be pleasing to you tonight, God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Does anybody know why they don't call it the Mississippi Lake? Why they call it the Mississippi River? What's the difference between a lake and a river? There you go. Rivers flow. And... When, I, when Brother Becker, when I get asked to speak, I, I seek to find the flow of the Holy Ghost. Because I want to tell you something right now. That ice might be on top of that Mississippi River, and they might all be out there in their little ice houses fishing. But underneath of that ice, that river's flowing. All the time, it's flowing. God's Spirit is flowing all the time. It never stops. It started flowing when he reached down and created this earth. And it's been flowing ever since that day. That same spirit spoke to those prophets and told them, you go and say this. You go and tell the people. He spoke to those guys in the New Testament. He spoke to Peter on the day of Pentecost. He had no clue what he was going to say. He just stood up and it just started flowing. The Holy Ghost was in them. That same Holy Ghost is flowing right this second, right now. And that is my, my, my desire. That is, that is what I seek for is to find God's flow. And when I do, I just wait. And as I'm just reading my Bible, most of the time, as I'm just reading my Bible in the Holy Ghost, in the flow, He'll stop me. I have no, no idea where He's going to stop me. He'll just stop me and say, right here. So I don't seek God for a sermon. 
study that word sermon sometime. If you really knew what it meant, you wouldn't use it. I'll let you study it out. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Well, so God has something for somebody. He's got something for everybody. If you're hungry tonight, he's got something for you. It might just be one little nugget in everything I say, but he's got something for you. So not only does the man of God that, or the woman of God or whoever it is that gets up here to speak need to find the flow, but it's absolutely important that you find the flow. I want to listen in the flow, don't you? Because the Bible says that this, these things are not discerned by the natural mind. That's why people in the natural can't get it. They don't get it. Because they got darkness on their mind. It's when God takes the darkness away that the revelation starts to come. And what are they doing? They're finding the flow. God's allowing His flow to just kind of dip down and touch them. And I, want, I just want God to minister in this place tonight, okay? So no matter what, God is flowing all the time. God's always talking. You believe that? It doesn't matter if you believe it. <laughs> God's always talking. Are we listening? Are we listening for His still, small voice? You've read that scripture in the Old Testament where all those great and mighty things, the tornado and the hurricane and all that stuff happened, but God wasn't in any of that. He was in that still, small voice. And I heard one preacher say, the longer he serves God, the more still that voice gets. And so you really, as you continue to serve God, you really have to listen. So all the stuff has to be out of your life. All the, you know, casting all your care upon Him. You know, Bible talks about the weights and the sins that does so easily beset us, doesn't it? I'm not. It's not the the book of Vince, right? This has nothing to do with how I'm going to minister, but I just felt the Lord impress me to just say this. I want all the junk out of the way. All the stuff I had to go through at work, customers are always right. They're just not always correct. That's my philosophy as a customer care guy. So humans are just going to do and say dumb things. But i got to love them because they're my customers. They would, they're what I'm there for. So we got to look at this world like that. They're going to say and do dumb things. But we got to love them. We have to. We get to. He's expecting us to. And this is leading into to the what I have, what I feel like the Lord wanted me to say tonight. Might seem simplistic to some, but this is what God wanted me to say. So receive it. In Jesus' name. Mark chapter nine, verse thirty three through thirty seven. You don't have to stand unless you want to. <laughs> what if we stand for every scripture that's read? How about that? <clears throat> How about we all just stand through the whole service? You know, in the synagogues, when they 
when they when they all gathered in the synagogue for the man to stand up and read out of the scrolls, guess what? Everybody stood and the man reading sat. <laughs> and they stood until he was done. And they didn't have watches. They didn't have little sundials on their wrist to see to see what time it was. His, man, my goat's got to be fed. I got to go home and shear the sheep. I got something to do. Where, so where do we get that? Amen. Hallelujah. Mark nine thirty three to thirty seven. And he came to Capernaum, and being in the house, he asked them, "What was it that you disputed among yourselves by the way?" You know, Jesus knows if you're having a little. Uh, intense fellowship on the way to church. Huh? He knows. You ain't fooling nobody. You can come in here smiling all you want and you've been having intense fellowship all the way up to the parking lot. But God knows. He knew what they were... He knew. How do we know that? Next verse. But they held their peace. For by the way, they had disputed among themselves who should be the greatest. Isn't that human nature? Isn't that human nature? Man, I want to be important, don't you? I want everybody to love me. Don't You can laugh, but some people are like that. Some apostolic people are like that. And he sat down and called the twelve and saith unto them, Oh, here we go. He's going to drop the hammer. If any man desired to, he didn't enjoy, he didn't run right to it. He just he gave him the he gave him the antidote before he called him on the carpet over it. Right? If any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all. And I think the most important part of this whole scripture I'm going to read: servant of all. And he took a child and set him in the midst of them. And when he had taken him in his arms, he said unto them, Whosoever shall receive one of such children in my name, receiveth me. And whosoever shall receive me, receiveth not me. See, even Jesus didn't take credit. He, was, he counted himself as unimportant. But my father, but him that sent me. Who was that? The father. Everything he did was the Father in Jesus' name. You can be seated. Hallelujah. That word, last. If any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all. Striving for last place. Who, who wants to be in last place? On the PT run. Who wants to be in last place when they're picking sides for basketball or kickball? Who wants to be the last guy picked? Huh? It's like, oh, well, we'll take him. That's a horrible feeling, isn't it? I've been there. I don't know if any of you have been there. I might be striking a nerve right there. God can heal a wounded spirit, even over a kickball game. <laughs> Right? But that word last means last, lowest, uttermost, last state, ends, latter end. 
extreme, last in time or place, last in series of places, last in a temporal succession, the last, last referring to time of space, the uttermost part, the end, end of the line. I always hated being the last guy. I hated, I hated it for that last guy in the chow hall whose, letter, whose name began with the letter Z. If you've never been to military boot camp, they let all the A's through the Z's in there. And by the time the guy with his Z gets his food and sits down and takes about three bites, they're saying, all right, get up. Get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. You're done. And he's looking around like <laughs> he's eating on the way to the tray turning, sticking things in his pockets and orange and a banana and an apple. And Right? Am I right? Poor guy. I always hated it for that guy. Yeah, it's thankful for my last name was a D. I got to eat. <laughs> Glory. Rank, last in rank, grade, or worth? Last, i.e., lowest. Anybody ever heard the word gopher? Anybody ever been a gopher? You go for this and you go for that. You're the servant. Go get me a cup of coffee. Private. And if you do it wrong, you got to go back and do it again. Nobody likes being a gopher, do they? You want to be the guy directing the gopher. If you have it your way, right? Even professional athletes, no one strives for last place. No one stands up and volunteers a we want to lose. We want to be last. No one does that. But Jesus is kind of very mildly excoriating his disciples for arguing among themselves over because what were they what were they what were they debating? They were debating over who's going to sit on his right hand and who's going to sit on his left hand. And elsewhere in, in the New Testament, he said, that's not for you to, that's not for even me to decide. And then he, he told them, he said, yeah, I don't know if you can drink of the cup that I got to drink of. And they said, oh, yeah, we can drink of that cup. And he said, oh, you're going to, all right. <laughs> Had they known what he was telling them, they would have said, oh, no. Right? And we like to act all spiritual sometimes and say, like Peter, I'll never deny you, Jesus. Right. Jesus just turned. He didn't call him Satan that time. He just turned around and said, For the cock crows thrice, twice shalt thou shalt deny me twice, thrice. And in one of those scriptures in the New Testament, it said that when, it, when the cock crowed, Jesus just looked over at Peter. All it took was a look, like, he said I would do this. And I swore I wouldn't. But Jesus is teaching them and us a lesson. What is he telling them? He said, if any man desire to be first, you want to be first? Then you need to desire to be last. You need to strive for last place. Last of all, and servant of all. 
servant of all. And, you know, this thing that's happening in Kentucky and out around the country is coming here. I don't know when. I don't claim to be a prophet, but I'm telling you right now, it's coming here. When they, when those gentlemen that I preached about before went down there, and that one guy ended up with 30 people committing to a, a, a Zoom Bible study, what does that say? Think about that for a minute. Number one, would you even go if God woke you up in the middle of the night in La Crosse, Wisconsin, or wherever you live around here, and said, "I want you to buy an airplane ticket and go to to Kentucky." Would we even do it? We, we might say yes now, but would we do it? Because it ain't going to be cheap. That, that, that young man had air miles, so he had no problem buying a ticket. He had plenty of points he could use, but that other guy didn't. So guess what? He drove 10 hours. But if you knew... If you were really saying day after day after day after day, God, I want to hear your voice. God, I'm seeking your face like you said. You said to seek first your kingdom and all these things. And so you're doing all of that and you seek it and all of a sudden he speaks to you and tells you to do something crazy off the wall that like you got to ask off for work to go do it. Would you do it? And that young man went there and had no clue what he was going to say, who he was going to talk to, what what was going to happen. Just go. Didn't know he was going to end up with 30 Bible studies. Didn't know he was going to end up with a bunch of people getting the Holy Ghost and wanting to be baptized. No plan on how to baptize them. What was he really doing? He was really exercising being a servant to all. And when God does this in this area... It's going to be like an explosion. And we got to have a different mindset, folks. We we got to get out of our uh of this mindset of uh, well, I'm just just occupying until Jesus comes. Can I say that? That's not exactly what that means. <laughs> it doesn't mean hold what you got. Fly in a holding pattern. That's not what it means. Sit on the bus till Jesus comes. That's not what that means. We got to be ready. You know, those people in the New Testament church, after the day of Pentecost, when 3,000 souls were added to the church, it said that they sold their possessions and their goods and gave to everyone as every man had need. Can we, could we do that? If Jesus asked us to do that, could we do that? Some of us would have a really hard time doing that. I mean, you just receive that if that's for you. If not, don't worry about it. Just don't shovel it off to somebody else. Put your shovel away, please. This is There's no shovel ministry in this church. If, you, if it's for you and it falls on your lap, you just got to deal with it. I do, too. God's got to deal with me, and I got to receive it, and I got to deal with it. Because if if I'm His son, I don't want to be a. The Bible says if if He can't correct us and and rebuke us and do things like that, we're bastards and not sons. 
Is that what the book says? I don't want to be that. I want to be pleasing in His sight. And sometimes that's going to mean i got to do stuff I don't want to do in the flesh. And there's going to be babies that are going to need to be taken care of. And we're going to have to step up, folks. Everybody. Wayne, all hands on deck, right? I love that term. I love that term. All hands on deck. It's not a floor, it's a deck. (laughs) If you go to Marine Corps barracks on the ground, they don't call it a floor, they call it a deck. I live on the third deck. (laughs) It took me a long time to get used to that. (laughs) But I learned the lingo. Hallelujah. But these babies, I mean, people, people overseas, our missionaries are talking about this stuff. Like, it's awesome. Brother Charles Robinette, I was listening to him today. He's just, just floored by it. He's excited for it. And God is doing it. And when God starts doing it here, starts filling people with the Holy Ghost that don't know what the Holy Ghost is, who's going to be there? To pick them up and take them to the next level. That's got to be us. We can't just sit back and point and say somebody else. God's going to ask you to do it. And we can't say to God, well, yeah, but. I used to get in more trouble with my dad saying, yeah, but. My dad used to say, Cain never did nothing. <laughs> right? Right? Everybody understand that? I can't, Dad. Well, Cain never did nothing. Get out there and do it, son. <laughs> I hated that. Saying the same thing my dad said. And that, that was the one thing I said I'd never do. I found myself saying it to my sons. It was like I'd go in the room and just scream, like, ah! What in the world? I've become him. That's right. It was funner. Because <laughs> then I could say, well, my dad said it to me, and it's good enough for me. It's good enough for you, son. Now go do it. Hallelujah. And don't you think Jesus talks to us and wants to talk to us like that sometimes? Do we get a little indignant with Why can't you ask somebody else? Don't you know I got this and that and that going on right now? Like he don't know? (laughs) I'm sorry, but he knows every dollar, every dime, every penny you got in the bank. He knows what's wrong with you if you're you're ailing right now. He He knows what's going on with me. I already told him several times today, you know, before I go to this dermatologist today, you could just heal me. I could just call him and say, sorry, I got to cancel. But he didn't. Kind of like those three Hebrew children. What did they say to that king? But you know what, O king? You might throw us in the furnace and Jesus can deliver us. But if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow. If he doesn't heal me and i got to go to that dermatologist, I'm still going to serve him. He still loves me. Why he's allowing this, I don't know. It's not near as bad as Job had it. He was covered in boils. I've heard a story about one man that had one boil and the pain he went through to get that out of his body. I couldn't imagine a whole body of them. No way. 
Praise God. Matthew 20, 16, 24 to 25. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. Whosoever shall lose his life. That word lose means to perish or to lose. Literally or figuratively, destroy, die, lose, mar, perish. Paul said, I die daily. Did he not? Paul said that. Now, he was dealing with a lot of stuff. He was being attacked on every side. But God was allowing all of those things in Paul's life to happen to, for Paul's sake, to keep Paul saved. So don't you think that if that stuff is good enough for Paul, that that stuff might just be good enough for us? I would rather God allow some stuff to go on in my life and know that it's keeping me saved than for him to, for me to just think I'm going to go through life with no trouble, trials, or pressures. If you're going through life and you're not having any problem, pain, problem, and pressure, something's wrong. Pinch yourself. Something is wrong. He just, Jesus said several times, we're going to endure persecution. And he, what did he tell us about those people that would persecute us? Love those that hate you. Minister to them. Go buy them lunch. No way. You're kidding. No, I'm not. Heap coals of fire upon their heads. You don't have to preach a message to them. You don't even have to read a scripture to them. Just go minister to them. What do you think Jesus did? The one who wrote the scripture that we started with. He didn't go right to the Bible study. He ministered to the body first. And he pulled those little children in there and sat them on his lap. And he was giving us a word picture. It wasn't just little children. Like, literally, he was, he was saying, if you can't take a little child on your lap, if you can't take one of my children, because they're all made in God's image, right? We all are. The drug addict, drug addict the prostitute, whoever, they're made in God's image. That's a soul. don't matter what they look like, where they came from, or what language they speak. We can't look at them and pass judgment in our mind and say, Maybe somebody else in the church will talk to that one. I'd rather go talk to that one over there. They look like they're dressed a little nicer. And let me tell you something. They're not going to look like us, folks. And it might be a while before they look like us or act like us. we got to love them. we got to take them in like a little child. You can't, you cannot get away with saying out of your mouth, I love you, but you don't in here. Because it's not with your love anyway, is it? Because none of us, including me, is capable of loving some of them people. Like those customers of mine. 
<laughs> oh, God, help them. I spend time in prayer over some of that stuff. It's like, help me, God, have a right attitude right now. I don't want to bless them out in Jesus' name. Right? But we got to love them, folks, with the love of God. Shed, let the love of God be shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. I mean, if you've got to sit there and say in your mind, Lord, I can't love that person, but if you would just love them through me, oh, God, you could do wonderful things. Just let me be available so that you can love them through me. He'll do that. And you know what is so interesting about that? It feels real funny the first time. But the next time, it doesn't feel so funny. And the next time, it, it just seems to get easier. And you find yourself looking at every individual with this heart of compassion, like, what can I do to help that person? That's the heart that, that's when you know you're, you're flowing in the Holy Ghost. When Jesus is loving through you. And that's what he's telling us to do here. He that loses his life for my sake shall find it. You'll find a life that you never thought you could ever have. You'll find strength when God won't let you have any sleep. You'll find strength in the Holy Ghost. And you'll think, I don't even feel tired. And he only let me have two hours of sleep. Why do you think that is? If, if you're going to do something God's calling you to do, He's going to give you the strength. You don't, He's asking you to do something that sounds impossible to you because He knows you don't have the strength of mind or the strength of will or the strength of humanity to do it. But He's giving you the strength to do it. If He's called you to it, He'll be there with you. He won't let you down. He won't just send you out there alone and say, you're on your own, son. He'll back you up. Praise God. 1 Corinthians 15.31 I protest by your rejoicing which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul said, I die daily. In the Amplified it says, I assure you by the pride which I have in you. See, Paul was proud of the, the people of God that had come to the Lord as a result of his ministry which God gave him, by the way. He says that. He was proud of them. Of the fellowship and union they have with Jesus Christ. Our Lord, he said that I die daily. I face death every day and die to self. In the Amplified. So that's really the, the, the kind of the kicker right here is that's, that's keeping us from stepping out in ministry and being servants is self. It's not the devil. It's self. It's us. I've met the enemy. And somebody finished that. And it is me. We will keep ourselves from receiving a blessing from God by listening to what God's telling us to do and just going and doing it. It's not going to ever be comfortable. I'm just giving you a heads up. <laughs> it's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be something you would have, if you had a choice of three things, that you would have picked that thing first. It's not. That's what he's telling us. That's what he's telling his disciples. We've got to die to ourselves. Praise God.
Praise God. In Mark 10, it says, the last shall be first, and the first shall be last. We need to strive. I'm not going to read it, but we need to strive to be last. I mean, that's what he's really saying. Strive to be that servant. Strive to make yourself available because the Bible says that we are not our own. We're bought with a price. Does it say that? How did, he buy, how did he buy us? With his blood. He took a beating for you. He was, his visage was so marred that no man could recognize him. I believe we still won't recognize him because he's still going to look like that. That's what I believe. So we'll know what he went through. Amen. Yeah, he's got a glorified body, I know. <laughs> Amen. He went through that for you and me. He wanted us to be just like him. He went and touched the leper when everybody said, "Ah, don't touch that leper." He went and touched him and prayed for him. He went to those deaf and dumb people. He went to the blind man on the side of the road when all the disciples, there was even times the disciples said, ah, get those children away from him. Don't you realize how important he is? And he just said, oh, no, bring the little children to me. Well, no, let's stop right here. Let's bring Bartimaeus over here right now. When the woman that touched the hem of his garment, he stopped and said, who touched me. Those people in Asbury and all these other college universities, they're touching him. And sad to say, some of them are touching him in ways that maybe some of us have never touched him before. It's possible. Because they are what? So hungry for something They are so ready to receive that God has to come down and see what's going on. And God honors faith. He responds to hunger. How hungry are we for a revival in this church, for a revival in this city? How hungry are we? How willing are we to do whatever God asks us to do? And I'm telling you what he's asking us to do, to be servants. And there's going to come a day where we're all going to have to step up to the plate somehow, some way. And it may not even happen in this building. You know what those people in the book of Acts after the day of Pentecost, do you know what they did? The Bible says that they went from house to house breaking bread and having fellowship with all the people. They opened their homes for the sake of the gospel. They didn't count anything that they owned as their own. That house you live in, it's not yours. That car you drive, I'm sorry, it might have your name on the title, but it's not yours. 
It's on loan. When you borrow a book from the library, you might have it for a month, but it still belongs to the library. And if you keep that thing for a year, it still belongs to the library, and they'll come after you (laughs) for all those library fees. I don't know if this generation probably doesn't even know what that feels like. (laughs) Now they sign movies out of the library. (laughs) But you see, everything and anything that we have came from Him. How many believe that? If you have health in your body and life and breath and your heart's beating right now, that came because He allows you to live right now. If you're having trouble, thank God for it. He's <laughs> you. In Him we live and move and have our being. But those people opened their homes. That house that you live in is not your house. All that stuff you got is not your stuff. When God blessed me with this employment situation that I have, I'm going to tell you right now, the first words out of my mouth was, God, I am not going to heap this upon myself. This is not you blessing me so I can go hog wild and just start buying stuff. I told God that. I said, I'm going to get, if you're giving me more, I'm going to give you more. And he has not hesitated to ask for it. <laughs> Testimony from last night. (laughs) Hallelujah. It's not mine anyway. (laughs) If he asks for the amount of my next house payment, I'm going to give it. Because he's going to take care of that. He knows I got a house payment. He's not going to leave me hanging. It's his house. That's why we open it up to let these missionaries stay. It's not ours. It belongs to him. If he told us to do that, we're going to do it. Because the minute, one day, he could just come take it all away. What did Job say? (laughs) Naked I came, naked I shall return. Blessed be the name of the Lord. None of this stuff was mine before I had it. If you want to take it all away from me, God, that's your business. I'm sorry. sorry. I know it's supposed to be Bible study. I'm being such a bummer. I'm sorry. I'm not really sorry. Just kidding. Just kidding. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mark ten thirty five through forty. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came unto him, saying, Master, we would that that thou shouldest do for us whatsoever we will we shall desire. And he said unto them, What shall what is it you shall uh, that I shall do for you? And he said unto them, Grant unto us that we you know, I mean these guys just aren't letting up, right? Grant unto us that we may sit on the right hand and on the left hand in glory. In thy glory. In his glory. Next verse. But Jesus said unto them, You know not what you ask. You can drink of the cup that I 
Can you drink of the cup that I drink of and be baptized with the baptism that I, baptism that I baptize with? Well, that thing just keeps flickering up there. And they said unto him, We can. Oh, we can. Oh, yeah, Jesus, we can do it. And Jesus said unto them, You shall indeed drink of the cup that I drink of, and with, and with the baptism that I am baptized with shall you be baptized. Next verse. Is that the last one? Oh, 40, yeah. But to sit on my right hand on my left hand is not mine to give, but it shall be given unto them whom I is prepared. Do we know what's really prepared for us? I mean, we know that, that there's a place prepared for us, right? The Bible talks about the mansions and all of that, but do we really know what all that, what all that entails? We don't. We don't. No man has promised tomorrow. Is that true? And yesterday's gone. You can't even worry about yesterday anymore. And, and all we got is today. All we got is today. So what are we doing today? What are we doing today? Only the things that we do for Jesus Christ will last. So what, what are we seeking for? We're supposed, the Bible says for us to seek His face and to seek His kingdom. Right? So those are the things that we need to be doing. But if we're seeking to enrich ourselves and, and try to get more stuff and seeking to please our flesh, because, you know, that's, there's just, we have just too many nights in the church during the week, you know, it's just too hard. Right? It's just too hard. God's asking you, <laughs> swoon. <laughs> God's asking too much of us, isn't He? After He went through what He went through. Is there is there anything that He could ask you that would be that you could say, that's just too much? Or how about this one? God, you don't understand. Right? Almost everybody in here laughs. So it sounds like almost everybody in here has said that or thought it. But God, you don't understand. You don't know what I'm going. Think about that when you say that. Think about it when you say, but God, don't you realize that what I'm going through right now, and don't you realize that the, the tough spot that would put me in, God, and don't you realize if I do that, that I'll lose this? And, and you're telling this to God who knows everything. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. And he's omni, what? Omniscient. He's all-powerful, right? He knows your thoughts. The devil can't read your mind, but God knows your thoughts. So you don't even have to say it. All you got to do is think it. So you got to ask yourself, maybe I need to do some, some serious have a serious attitude adjustment on my thinking. We, God is trying to tell us through this simple message 
that we need to do some soul searching, some inner searching, and begin to ask ourselves, do I have the right attitude right now, God? Do I have the right mindset for your kingdom? Are we kingdom-minded? Or are we hung up on this world down here? Because all this stuff's going to perish. I'm sorry, they can have my car. <laughs> if he gave it to me, and he takes me out of here, I'll leave him the keys. They can have it. I'm not going to need it where I'm going. Amen? If God makes it so you got to ride a bike to work, you just thank God for that. Right there, we got a bunch of guys that that work at the VA that, for whatever reason, can't drive a car. And they're on their bike. One of them drives an electric bicycle to work every day. I see him coming in the facility every morning. Faithful. Snow doesn't matter. He's on that electric bike coming in. Not going to let that fact that he can't drive a car stop him from having a job and going to work and being there on time. That's what God's looking for, folks. It sounds like cliche, but a servant heart. And it's not. it shouldn't be cliche. We should really strive to be last. We should strive to be God. Just, just use me. To, you know, that scripture says I'd rather be a doorman. What was the job of the doorman? Anybody know? I know you know. <laughs> what was the job of the doorman that he was talking about in that scripture? One of the key job of the doorman. Anybody in here have a foot fetish? Because you wouldn't want to be a doorman if you have a foot fetish. You don't like touching other people's feet. You don't like people touching your feet. That's what the doorman's job was. Because everybody that came into your house, come, out, come off that dirty street, they, they got their feet washed. What, what, did the, what did Jesus kind of excoriate the Pharisee for when the woman with the the alabaster box came in. He said, you didn't even wash my feet when I came in. She's in here not only washing my feet, but she's drying it with her hair. That's the spirit of a servant right there. We need to come to Him lowly like that. Come before His throne room. What is it that you want me to do, God? Whatever you say, Easier said than <laughs> easier said than done. Whatever you say, whatever you tell me to do, God, if I gotta move up to the frozen tundra, I'll go. If I gotta go live in North Carolina, I'll go. <laughs> I encouraged my family. He didn't send me to Alaska. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> right he might just be asking you to just walk around the corner to your neighbor's house that you've been living next to for 40 years or 5 years or 2 years how many of us are praying for all the houses in our neighborhood I mean you've got a prayer a walk a prayer drive right there in your own neighborhood 
Have revival in your neighborhood. Oh, God. Stir up all the hungry people. Pray that. And then just watch what happens. Stir up the hungry people and then send them to me, God. But the only nights we have free besides prayer and church and church is Thursday and Saturday. And then sometimes on Saturday we have stuff to do. So the only night we really have free is Thursday. And what, you want me to teach a Bible study on Thursdays, God? Oh, just still smoke in your heart. (laughs) Swoon again. But what if he asks you to do that? Your life's not your own. It's not your own. You don't get to have a say. Well, yes, I do. Okay, you go with that. (laughs) Because God will just move along and find somebody else. Because you know what he's not going to do? He is not going to usurp your human will. He's not. If you decide you want to do something and it's contrary to what God wants you to do, he's just going to, he might try to coax you into not doing that, try to gently nudge you and say, son, and you, you stand your ground, he's just going to back away and say, fine, go do what you want. He hasn't let me work on that car, Brother Becker, for almost a year now. And I have wanted to in the flesh to go out there and do it. But it was like every time I felt to do it, it was like he said, "Mm -mm. I'll give you time for that. Okay. I mean, I bought two. You've been to my house lately? I bought two, three ricks of wood to to put in that stove in that barn. Haven't had to put a piece, and he hadn't let me put a piece of wood in that stove yet. Okay, I'll get it on the road pretty soon. <laughs> if I don't grow too old to work on it, Hallelujah. <laughs> Pray my strength in the Lord. Okay, Hallelujah. James chapter four, verse five through ten. James chapter 4, verse 5 to 10. Do ye think that the Scripture saith in vain, the Spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? What? James wrote this letter to the church at large, right? Some people call the book of James, some scholars call the book of James the book of Proverbs of the New Testament. And who was, what did James do that was significant in the Bible before that? Wasn't, yeah, he, he had something to do with the Gentiles, I think. Winning the Gentiles, something to do with that. And so James was a very notable guy. And, and some scholars believe that the book of James was actually the first book of the New Testament. Based on when he wrote, read it, when he wrote it, and and the time frame and all that. I haven't studied all that out. I've just kind of read that. <clears throat> but this is James. He's talking to us, folks. 
talking to the church. He's not talking to a bunch of rank sinners out there that don't know the name of Jesus and don't care. He's talking to the church. But he gave, he giveth more grace. He knows our frame. He knows that we lust to envy. He knows that we have problems with our flesh. Even with the Holy Ghost. Because flesh don't like to pray. Flesh don't like to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and pray. <laughs> My flesh some days don't even feel like getting up going to work. Because it's flesh. When He saved us, He didn't take away our fleshly nature. He just gave us victory over it. <laughs> he did. Because before, we had no control. We just did whatever the, the other guy said. Because <laughs> we had no Holy Ghost. We had no way of knowing. No alarm system, if you will, to say, hey, oh, wait a minute. Conviction. Boom, 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 boom. Don't say that. Don't do that. Don't go there. Am I, am I the only one that experiences that? Little alarm bells go off? Not literally, but I have little like moments where God says, like it's like a, he's just nudging at me like, do you really want to say that when I'm when somebody's cutting me off on the highway? Because he reminds me that's a soul. They were made in my image. Be careful what you say. Using words like idiot and stuff like that is not good. And I get convicted about that. Oh, Brother Demuth, you say that? Yes, sometimes it slips out. But then I immediately go, I'm sorry, God. That is a soul. That is somebody that's precious that you would like to see saved. Forgive me, God. Amen? Hallelujah. But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. What did... What did David say, a humble and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Purge me with hyssop. Go read that in the book of Psalms. Boy, you talk about a spirit and an attitude of repentance constantly. If you could just get that memorized, man, I'm telling you what, that a enter enter into the enter into the throne room like that every day. Wow. Next verse. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. It doesn't say, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. It says, submit. Go back to that other verse, brother. Submit yourself. Is it automatic? Is submission automatic? Is it just happened because you got the Holy Ghost? You just automatically are submitted. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to put forth any effort. You just It just happens because God just gave that to you as a free gift. I don't have to submit myself. Yes, you do. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. First thing, don't try to resist the devil without being submitted to God. Is that? Am I reading into that, or is that, does that say that? I'm, I'm checking with the man here. I want to make sure I'm right. If I'm not, you let me know. Next verse. Because you know the devil, leave it there, right there, leave it there. 
The devil knows if you're submitted or not. <laughs> and he knows if you're not. It says if you submit yourself, the devil will flee from you. But if you're not submitted and you're trying to do that and he ain't leaving, check your submission. Right? So something didn't go right there. Go back. Go back to square one and start over. No. Okay. Wait. Where? What are you doing? No. I love people that work in sound. I'm, I'm with Brother Stevens. Go, go to where you were before, brother. Thank you. Hallelujah. Submit yourselves, therefore, unto God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Next. He's just trying to make it last till 8 o'clock is what he's doing. Draw nigh to God. Shouldn't we be doing that every day? Seek first the kingdom, seek his will, seek his face, and he will draw nigh to you. Does God know if you're drawing nigh to him? He knows when you're faking it. He knows when you're just pulling his leg and just trying to act like you are, but he knows if you're sincere. If he knows you're sincerely drawing near to him, he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Purify your hearts, ye double-minded. We don't have that problem, do we? Being double-minded? I think some, in somewhere in some translation it says double-spirited. Double-minded. Let, this, <clears throat> let us be of one mind. When they received the Holy Ghost, they were in the, in the upper room in what? One mind in one accord? With one accord, not in one accord. They weren't in a Honda. In one place. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to, sor- to heaviness. Why? Should we be weeping for the souls of the city? Instead of carrying on laughing all the time, shouldn't we be taking this a little more serious? I would want somebody to intervene and, and to stand in the gap and pray for me when I don't even know I need prayer. When I don't even know I'm lost. Because i got darkness on my mind. I'd want somebody to be praying somewhere to pray that darkness off my mind so I can hear God and see God. That's what's happening to those young people in those colleges. Somebody somewhere has been praying. Who knows? Somebody somewhere may have been, have been doing a whole you know, drive around Jericho deal and driving around that college campus for the last ten years. Who knows? Nobody knows. It doesn't matter. Somebody's been praying and God's listening. There's that scripture that says the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much is true. And if we are made righteous by Him and we're praying, what we're praying is making a difference, even though we can't see it. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. I'm sorry, I need to calm down. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Hallelujah. We're going to have joy when we get up there. We need to work while we're down here, right? Verse 10. Humble yourselves. Oh, earlier it said submit yourselves. Well, then, James, now we got to humble ourselves? Oh, man. 
in the sight of the Lord. And he shall lift you up. James is writing this to apostolic believers. So you're telling me we got to humble ourselves? What does that mean to humble yourself? To think of yourself as less than what you really are? No. One place in the Bible talks about condescending them of low estate. Come, come down to where people live. Humble yourself. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Stay humble. Stay, stay submitted. Stay, stay in a place of submission to God. I'm doing a terrible job with that word humble, but it's something you have to do. You have to search yourself and decide, am I being haughty? Am I being arrogant? Am I being prideful? Am I being any of these things that are not pleasing to God? You know, the Bible says pride cometh before a fall. And a haughty spirit or something like that before destruction. I might have them backwards. God can't use a haughty, prideful, arrogant spirit. He won't. Because you'll just mess things up. You'll think you're doing it. You'll, take, you'll try to take His glory. It all belongs to Him. We can all stand. Let's sing this song if you know it. It's an older song. I used to listen to it on... Um, what was that little book guy that used to... Salty the Songbook. Yeah, remember that? You? Yeah. <clears throat> Make me a servant, humble and meek. Lord, let me lift up those who are weak. And may the prayer of my heart always be. Make me a servant. Make me a servant. Make me a servant today. Make me a servant, humble and meek. Lord, let me lift up those who are weak. And may the prayer of my heart always be. Make me a servant. Make me a servant. Make me a servant today. One more time. Oh, make me a servant, humble and meek. Lord, let me lift up those who are weak. And may the prayer of my heart always be. Make me a servant. Make me a servant. Make me a servant today. I hope that song's stuck in your head now. That you can't you think of it for days after I leave here. <clears throat> but that needs to be a prayer. That needs to be a prayer. That needs to be our prayer. What can I do for you today, God? Where are you going today, God? What what do you want me to do today, God? I'm I, you're in charge. I'm not, God. Who do you want me to talk to today? 
Help me to be ready and sensitive to your spirit when you say, all right, now. Speak to that person right now. Do it. Go turn left here. Go right there. Okay, pull over here. God doesn't do that. Yeah, He does. Yeah, He does. Father, we love You tonight. We thank You tonight for this Word, Lord Jesus. I don't know if I did a good job delivering it or not, but Lord, I believe You ministered to somebody. Lord Jesus, I pray that Your Spirit and Your power, Your glory would would rest upon the minds and hearts and the wills of Your people tonight, Lord Jesus. Those that are here, those that listened online. God, You're coming in this last day and You're going to do mighty things, oh God. You're going to do awesome things beyond what we can imagine or think, God. And we want to be straight right smack dab in the middle of what You're doing in this city and around this world. Lord, bring it to us. Bring us to it, Lord Jesus. Help us to be ready to step up and do what we need to do for Your kingdom and for Your glory. In Jesus' name, everybody said Amen. Amen. You're dismissed.